0: Well, hello, dreamer, the full moon is here again, and I have aimed to make this episode full for you as well, full of gems that I hope will enrich your dream work. You're going to hear highlights from three of the members episodes from the past six months. Every month, the dreamers den membership community gets a bonus podcast episode. These are generally a little more casual and also a little more focused diving in on one particular theme. Therefore, those dreamers who are already all in on being in relationship with their dreams, not necessarily rigorous about keeping a daily dream journal or committed to any particular practice with dreams, we run the range from totally devoted to dream work to simply curious in an ongoing way. But definitely, everyone is on board with the sense that our dreams matter and this relationship is fulfilling. So you'll hear me talking about color in dreams that one's from october 2020 when we were exploring a prompt to notice the colors in our dreams and the colors that aren't in our dreams you'll hear from billy ortiz who was also my guest on episode 12 talk about numbers in dreams and the tarot as a map of the unconscious and as one way to connect symbolically with numbers And also donuts. We talk about donuts in that one, and as Billy says, you never know what you're going to get. Finally, I'll share an episode I did about characters in dreams and how I like to walk through the door of each character and unfurl what they're bringing to the dream. So I hope you enjoy these highlights and hear some bells ring or some chords struck and get an aha moment of your own. If you're interested in hearing more like this, Interested in joining the membership community? Doors will open for new members on the new moon on March 13th, which is the same day as the Creative Writing from Dreams workshop with Sue Scavo, which is open to the public and you are warmly invited to attend. You can find out more about all of this at thedreamersden.org. All right, here we go. Enjoy. You're listening to the Dreamers Den podcast. I'm your host, Leilani Navarre. I'm here along with guest dream workers, authors, and teachers to talk about diving deep into your dreams. We're skipping the small talk and going for conversations about what matters most to us, what's touching us so deeply that it shows up in our dreams, in one form or another. We talk about engaging with dreams to experience insight, inspiration, healing, and meaningful connection with one another. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can catch all these conversations. Visit thedreamersden.org open for a free video and mini book I put together to help you learn more about opening up or deepening your own relationship with your dreams. Beginning with colors in dreams. From last October, here are my reflections on some of the colors and the ways to engage with the colors you're seeing in your dreams. So the first thing, if you've been tracking the colors in your dreams, I mentioned maybe tracking the colors each morning, even if you don't write down your entire dream, making note of the colors you saw, the first thing would be to get out some colored pencils or crayons or something you can use that has many shades, paints to mix if you like to do that, and draw out all the colors, draw some shapes with the colors that you've seen and draw that shape or shade in that much of the paper for every time you saw that color. And this can be a fun, cool playing with color self-expression art therapy thing. If you like that, it can also be almost like a more statistical thing, a visual representation. And basically what you're going to notice is that some colors might be appearing a whole lot and some might not be appearing at all. You also might notice a huge variety of colors and a relative balance among them. The idea is just to notice what it is. I will say that it's most likely you're seeing a tendency toward a few recurring colors. We've already noticed in the group forum that red and orange have come up for multiple people And I've heard that outside the membership community as well. So who knows what it is going on right now that's bringing up all that red and orange. But maybe some of the things I'll share with you today might um, shed some light on that. So that can be a fun activity just on its own, creating a visual representation of the colors you're seeing. I'm going to give you a few ideas about how colors live in the body and are associated with the emotions. And this is in no way meant to tell you what the colors mean or what they are doing or saying in you. As always, 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 this is just offered up for you to reflect on and see if it resonates for you or not. And sometimes it doesn't resonate with you, but it gives you a really clear sense of what actually in fact is true for you that's different than what i said so here we go you've heard me talk about the colors with the five elements so i'm just going to say each of those major colors and where they live in the body so let's start with water which is a dark blue even a black and that lives in the kidneys and the bladder and the kidney and bladder channels emotionally we associate it with fear and with awe and I think the colors can really carry a lot of emotional energy so consider that with blue and black I'll also say that blue in the chakra associations with colors lives more at the throat the base of the throat and it's associated with communication being truthful, and also being able to listen well to the communication of others. After blue, blue and black, we come up to green, which is the element of wood. So that lives in the liver and gallbladder and in their channels. And we associate that in the Chinese system with determination, with anger, and also with compassion. As the color of the heart chakra, it's also associated with the compassion in that tradition the ability to love and a sense of inner peace then we come up to red for fire and red lives in the heart and the small intestine and also in two extra channels that only really exist in chinese medicine anatomy the pericardium and the triple warmer we associate fire with joy which can be an overjoy like a mania with panic or anxiety, and with the opposite of joy, a lack of joy and also with hatred. In the chakra system, the red color is associated with the root chakra at the base of the spine and at the perineum, it's associated with stability and safety being grounded. And I think that red and orange In the chakra system, being there at the closer to the base of the spine and associated more with survival, I'm curious whether a lot of red and orange we've been seeing lately is related to the many things going on in our world right now, the crises on multiple levels that are threatening our sense of survival. And at the same time, red being the color of the heart and passion and spirit, that energy, that Culturally, I would say, is not coming out as much as we would like it to um, in terms of people being able to connect and be together and share a lot of joy. So sometimes our dreams really express what we're not getting to express in waking life. So if any of that resonates with you, that might have to do with your red and orange. Coming around now, we get to yellow, which is associated with earth. It lives in the stomach and the digestive organs and their channels. We associate it with intellectual thinking and with worry or obsession. The chakra system also puts yellow in the stomach, in the solar plexus area, and also associates it with intellectual ability, intellectual processing, and potentially being obsessive. And that continues that conversation continues around the cycle of the five elements and also the colors that are left out of that system like purple but i wanted to share before i move on to the next highlight that recently it's february here in the northern hemisphere that is the beginning of the energetics of spring and there's been so much green lately in people's dreams so i think that the colors Because they inherently and simply hold these qualities that go with the natural cycles of simply being alive, the cycles of the seasons, the expansion and contraction, we see them in sync, in time, with that breath of the natural world that's happening around us. And ending on yellow, I also want to share this dream image that I heard recently I will share it anonymously, although I do have permission to share it. And it was of some yellow shoes. So this dreamer dreamt of someone with yellow shoes who was opening a door for her. And so yellow, we also associated with a traffic light, the slow down signal. Although, as she pointed out, it's also it also can be the speed up signal. It means the red light's coming, so do what you're going to do either slow down and stop or hurry up and get past. And so this yellow shoed character was opening the door and this resonated with an opportunity that is before her and the choice to walk through that door right away or to stop and let it close and perhaps walk through it sometime in the future. We also connected that yellow with the earth element, with integrity. So that centeredness and that integrity that goes with the earth element And the fact that these were shoes, the part of the body that connects us with the earth, this was also a potent connection for the dreamer about walking in integrity. If she chooses to go through this door to do so with integrity. All right. And now I'll share most of a conversation that I had with Billy Ortiz about numbers in dreams. You'll hear us talk about the numbers 12 and 13 and the numbers five and six three and four, and numbers and tarot in general, with a few extra thoughts from me based on numbers in the Chinese philosophy. Would you give folks a little introduction to how you view the tarot, like what purpose that serves and why it connects with dreams?
1: Well, I always look at the tarot as a symbol of the unconscious, the journey that we're all on through our development, through our lives. Um, it's very similar to what Joseph Campbell talks about the hero's journey. Uh, the tarot is the fool's journey. And most of us know that the fool nothing starts until the fool walks off the cliff. <laughs> That's number zero, the very beginning. And then we all go through these stages in our life, not necessarily in order, the way they show up in, in the tarot, but Uh, at some point in our lives, we're going to reach one of those stages of development. And the tarot helps give us a visual guide and an archetypal energy that we can refer to that helps us to deal with that particular stage of our life.
0: Mm -hmm. And is it a So kind of a map of the unconscious and also it sounds like a map of stages through time.
1: Exactly. A map of the unconscious um, is a great way to say it. And and it's, you know, there's many different artists that have illustrated the tarot. Um, However, most of us are familiar with the Rider-Waite deck, which are uh, images that will show up often in different, areas, not just necessarily into ropes. Some people will refer to a certain image and, and will go, oh, yeah, right. That's the hangman. Oh, right. That's, (laughs) that's the fool. That's the hermit. It's something that, um, something, it speaks to us on a level that is, as Jeremy would say, not yet speech-ripe. It's something that's um, deep in the collective unconscious. And I think it, um, yes, it's, it's about stages of development and stages of maturity.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I wonder if we could start maybe with 12, because we had talked about that as one of the numbers that comes up a lot. It's already come up because you were episode 12. And recently I used the example of a, of a donut that cost $12.50, which did not occur to me when I shared that, but it's sort of 12 on its way to 13. So mm-hmm. do you want to maybe take that as an example?
1: Oh, certainly. Yeah, the hangman. Um, for those of, of you who don't, you know, uh, look at tarot decks often, most of us might remember the rider weight image of it, which is um, it's a man hanging upside down or by one leg, and his other leg is crossed over. And uh, most of the time, he's depicted with a halo around his head. Um, This shows up in, there's another very ancient tarot deck called the Merced deck. Um, And again, it'll show the man hanging upside down by one foot. Um, And the metaphor of the hangman is that I've reached some part of my life, some stage of my life where I'm stuck. And the reason I feel stuck most of the time is because I'm trying to solve a problem with my conventional ways of doing things, my conventional wisdom, um, the way I've done everything. All It's always worked up until now. But the hangman stops me in my tracks because I have to realize, no, that, that conventional way of doing things isn't going to work this time. So I have to stop for and in suspension and that's the the metaphor is i'm suspended with a new perspective and that's why he's hanging upside down he looks at everything in a whole new way this also echoes back to odin and the norse myths he hangs from the world tree um, and ha- and actually goes through a, a stage of sacrifice he loses one eye and all of this happens in order for him and he ends up learning the language of the ruins the ruin stones so it's it's a it's about how do i stop look at everything from a different perspective in order to sacrifice so that i can learn something new that will increase my ability to to carry on and there are no paths that go from the hang one um it's it's I have to forge a new path. So that's the other part of the of the metaphor.
0: Mm, that's very interesting that you don't have any clear next step from that position.
1: It's about sacrifice. You know, yeah. it's about I need to willingly sacrifice something that I thought was something I needed to cling to. Now that could be a relationship or a job or a particular way of thinking, you know, an opinion that I've always had about something. It, it's a way of sacrificing something in order to grow and change. Uh-huh. So I
0: wonder, I, to be perfectly honest, I don't remember... Where what dream this twelve dollars and fifty cent donut came from? It's been a yeah. while. But it stuck with me the idea of a donut that was specifically twelve dollars and fifty cents, which is quite a lot for one donut, but also right. just a really yeah. interesting and specific number. Does anything come to mind for you? Do you want to project on that image?
1: Oh, that's so great! You know, it, you know, this is what makes dreams so fascinating. What's kept me interested all these years is you never know what you're going to get. Um, 12 dollars and 50 cents for a donut so immediately the dream brings to my attention that this is way too much to pay for a donut um so on one level i look at money and in, in dreams as representing energy i don't need money in, a, in the dream world however the the dream is going to mention money to remind me of how much energy i expend for instance when i do a job i trade my energy in order to get paid so if it were my dream there's something about i don't know donuts i don't know you'd have to ask the the dreamer <laughs> but what's how they feel about donuts because donuts are one of those kind of things that are sort of a guilty pleasure it's something that i'm not supposed to eat that often um you know it, it it's something that i have to pay a high price for if i do I, you know there. They're just basically a lot of fat and calories, <laughs> but you know they taste really good. For some people, it's good. Yeah, I can have a donut today. So there's there's a sense of um, paying a high price for something that is a guilty pleasure. If it were my dream, but so the numbers twelve. Okay, so there we go with the twelve showing up, which we just talked about the hang one. So if it were my dream, where have I gotten to that I'm stuck? where I feel like I don't deserve putting energy towards providing myself with a guilty pleasure. That would be one way to look at it. Um, But it is interesting that it has to be $12 and 50 cents because as you said before, it's, it's really close to the, to 13. Um, So just a little bit more energy brings me to 13 and 13 is the death card in the tarot. And um, it's, this is one of the cards that's really hard for people to not take literally. Um, the death card is about transformation and change. It's about something radically changing. Uh, some part of me has died in order for the new part of me to be born. Um, so I'm the donut represents that 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 stuck part of me that's re- almost ready to go into the sacrifice and let go um, realm, not quite there yet. Uh, but I'm getting there. So if it were my dream, that would be what that would be what what's happening with the twelve dollar and fifty cent donut.
0: That's great. Yeah, I think um, that even just thinking about the high price of the donut might bring to mind these questions of, you know, is it worth it? Is it something I should give up for my health? So sacrifice, mm-hmm. and is it? Costing me too much in health terms, probably. And so bringing in the 12 and 13 there with sacrifice and death and making a change and a new thing beginning, that's really cool to connect those with the number.
1: Yeah. And I mean, so yeah, I can look at it literally as a donut in my life, like, you know, where have I uh, made bad food choices and continue to make bad food choices? Or it can be, as I said, it could be representative of something comfort you know like because yeah. I remember as a kid you know uh warm donuts were just like oh wow that was like warm donuts and hot chocolate I mean you felt like you were going to heaven so, <laughs> there, so there's there's this thing about comfort if it were me yeah. too so so taking it yes definitely from the he- the health perspective of paying attention to what I'm putting in my body but also what does a donut represent to me? And how does it, how does it, um, what comfort have I given up or I don't wish to to provide myself or whatever? So.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm also curious about the shape of the donut. You know, there's right. kind of, there's kind of a zero there also. Yeah. So it's a,
1: it's a whole, it's a, it's a circle. So it's wholeness and yeah, yeah so the middle is empty. Yeah. So, so there, yeah, we could, we could wrap on the donut here for a long time. (laughs) I mean, it's, it, there's a lot in there, but that's how dreams are. They're, they're multi-layered and multi-dimensional. So, so the dream has to pick a donut. So I, as the dreamer can have all those projections on it. Yeah. Um, That I used to, you know, when I was a kid, it was the most wonderful thing in the world to have a nice warm donut. And then, but now that I'm an adult, it's like, Oh, I feel guilty every time I eat one, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And it goes on and on. But yeah, the shape of the donut definitely is very important too.
0: All right, cool. So that was a great one for 12 and 13. I wonder if we could look at another number pair that you've mentioned
1: five and six and three and four. Do you want to share about one of those? Five and six. Oh, this is so fascinating because it happens so frequently. Um, any dreamer, man, woman, young, old, uh, often they will say, you know, I was waiting for the bus and there were about five or six people there, or I got to the party. There were less people than I expected. There were only about five or six people there. So the numbers five and six, it's never very rarely do I, do I hear people say like, you know, there were nine or 10, you know, most of the time it's five or six. Yeah. Jeremy Taylor, uh, you said he talks about this a lot, and he actually wrote some really wonderful, I don't know if people know this or not, but he has wrote many graphic novels that teach about dream work, beautifully illustrated books. You can still get them off of his website on jeremytaylor.com and also blurb.com, and they're these um, books, they look like comics, and they they have these illustrated versions of dream wisdom. And one of the things, every time we work together and in workshops or retreats, this would come up and we'd uh, discuss it, that usually when this five or six uh, ambiguity arises in the dream, it often has to do with how, as the dreamer, I rely on my five senses, my five, physical five senses often, you know, sight, sound, taste, feeling, touch, all that, um, and Sometimes I have a sixth sense that comes in, some mysterious intuition that comes in and I just know something or I just feel something. I feel like, oh no, this is a bad choice. I just don't have any specific logical facts to base it on. I just feel it Um, or I just happen to feel negative. I mean, a a vibe about a a certain person or whatever. It's the classic is, you know, going to work and instead of taking my normal route, I decide to turn left instead of right at an intersection because something told me to do that. And then I find out later that there was a terrible accident that other way. And I avoided it by following my gut. So the sixth sense is something that we all have. It's there. It's our intuition. It's our instinctual instinctual energy that lets us know that something isn't right but it doesn't show up all the time so that five or six that shows up in our dreams often is that is it is it hinting at how I'm relying too much on just my physical senses and that I that my sixth sense comes and goes and I can invite it into my life more frequently
0: That's terrific. Yeah. I have heard that phrase so many times, five or six, five or six makes me really curious about listening for if there are dreamers who tend to just consistently have five or consistently have six, because some people are in their waking lives more in touch with and more trusting of their intuition. I wonder if that that comes up and it's interesting that five and six and this question of five or six exists within our bodies in the anatomy of chinese medicine because there are five elements and so we have a pair of channels a yin and a yang for each element but then there are six channel networks fire actually has two pairs and we have a like a system of understanding the body that's based on five the five elements and then a system that's based on six, the six confirmations and fire has to take care of two of them. I could go off philosophically on why that happens but when I hear five or six, I think about how as Chinese medicine practitioners we're often choosing, do I look through the lens of five to best understand this and serve this person or do I look through the lens of six because they both are true. They're both real ways of representing the, the human being.
1: Right, right. It's it's that's fascinating. You know, that that that's a that's why I've loved working with you <laughs> and discovering your work because it's like adds a whole nother uh branch of information and yeah. a whole yeah. other element and another way of looking at it. And yeah, I would imagine that that resonates for me. Mm. It, it, looking at it from a, a health perspective you know, is it, is it the five elements or is it the six channel network? Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Really interesting.
0: And what, what about, well, I'll let you choose. Do you want to talk about the three, four? We had that come up recently in someone's dream. You had mentioned to me a three-legged table that's missing its fourth leg. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious about that. And also I know you were thinking about nine. We can probably talk about them all.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay well three and four um you know one of the the first things i look at when i hear a dream is what did the dream take away um did it did the dream take away my purse did the dream uh, you know did i lose my car um you know and often there's something missing that is supposed to be a set of four for instance four chairs at a table and only three are there uh uh i A lot of times I've seen people have, uh, you know, there's a car parked in the driveway, but one of the, it's jacked up and one of the tires is missing. So what's supposed to be four ends up being only three. Um, For me, what usually happens in the dream is I think I, I go to Jung's quaternity, which is the four functions of, of, that we all hold, which is, um, let me so can get it right. In, intellect, um, the, uh intellect, uh, intuition, sensation, and it's in it's uh thinking, feeling, intuition, intuition, and sensation. So am I in my so if I wanna be whole, if I you know all of us wanna be whole. But if I'm moving towards wholeness, I want to embrace all four elements. Um, so they're, so it's sort of like they're a paired set. So thinking and feeling and intuition and sensation, they're on polar opposites of each other. So if I'm more in my thinking function, chances are my feeling function is going to be more in the unconscious. If I'm more into in my intuition, Chances are my sensation function will be more in the unconscious. So all of us have our dominant traits. And there's always going to be a least dominant trait out of those four. And as we know, our dreams are, we can say, always helping to move us towards wholeness, health and wholeness. So if the dream illustrates something that's missing one of the four, I would, I would ask myself as a dreamer what part of me has really gone deeply into the unconscious and the dream is trying to help me bring it up um, into more of my conscious awareness so that I can experience more wholeness because none of us want to be one or the other. We don't want to be way too far into the thinking and completely ignore our feeling function. We want to be able to be in touch with all, all of all of them. So if that, if it were my dream, that's, that's where I would go with the three into four. Mm -hmm.
0: That's great. I love that question. What, what has gone so deeply into the unconscious that it's missing in this, this image and what are, what are cards three and four in the tarot?
1: Oh, see, now that's interesting too, because that three is the Empress and four is the emperor. So that's about embracing my authority, uh, my my appropriate authority. So this is not a tyrannic, tyrannical energy that that rules, you know, with an iron hand. This is the kind. This is the uh, m- my appropriate authority that helps me to make appropriate uh, decisions in in my life and that i don't feel bullied by others i can hold hold my own um so the three the empress would be more of, of that appropriate authority from a feminine tone and the emperor would be more from from a masculine tone and we need both so and they both are associated with you know bring three the empress would also be about creativity and bringing in what I what I can manifest in the world, what I, I I see it and feel it in in my heart and soul, but I to bring it into physical reality. Um, the emperor is about that masculine energy that knows when to cut, you know, to it, we call it sword energy, to be able to just say no, that's it, and not in it like I said, not in a brutal, tyrannical way, but in a way to cut that, cut a tie so that I can, you know, move on, like a relationship or whatever that is draining me, is there a way that I can just cut that off and move on um so that I don't, that's, that's that appropriate authority.
0: And which one is the empress and which one, the emperor of three and three, four?
1: Three is the empress, four is the emperor.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think of that decisiveness. And did you say sword? Sword energy. energy. Uh Yeah. I think that's very much how I talk about the metal element too. And so the sword is the perfect image for that and the ability to be really decisive and to make a cut between what's a yes and what's a no. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's new and interesting for me to associate that with the number four. I'm going to have to watch for that.
1: Yeah. And I think so many of us have, um, injuries in our past from our childhood or, throughout school or religious upbringing or whatever it might be that at some point in our lives we met we met someone who man or woman who had who abused their authority so um you know for instance maybe it's a teacher that was particularly critical and i you know i i wanted to get this teacher's approval but every time i came to this teacher there was this you know abuse of authority And power. And so, for me as the dreamer to be able to heal that part of myself, because if I've received a lot of energy, which is shows of authority being abused, then it's difficult for me to accept and and embrace my own authority.
0: Mm, Yeah. That resonates for me with some of those three where I would expect four images like this disconnect with the authority because maybe it's has been associated with something really undesirable so that four, that fourness has been cut off
1: right yeah so that could be the four that's the fourth that's missing mm-hmm. um again it's like the donut image <laughs> it's multi-layered and multi-dimensional and it all has to do with you know we always have to start with um what personal associations does the dreamer have to this particular image that shows up so but archetypally there's going to be that underlying layer uh, about the numbers because the dreams don't take anything lightly I mean everything in the dream is there for a reason and if we honor that we can see well how specific it can get
0: yeah it's endlessly amazing to me how perfectly chosen you know, the donut would be or the jacked up car with one wheel missing like it. Just what you're saying, the further we go, the more we see why it had to be the donut.
1: Right? (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's quite amazing. And then if you if we work it in a group, it's amazing how, you know, it's really fascinating to me to see how many different layers uh, can come in the group, come out of the dream in the groups, because Everybody's going to have a different association with it, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Somebody might say, "You know, don't save my life. I worked <laughs> at a at a bakery and I used to take home day-old stuff and that's what I lived on for weeks." And, yeah. you know, those kind of things.
0: That's so good because it goes back to this question of value. Like if you're if that is the food that you can get, then it's invaluable. It's worth 1250 or more because it's yeah. you know, it's That's what there is to nourish yourself with. So
1: that's that's it. That's exactly it.
0: So did that make you think of any numbers in your own dreams? I want to add that after what you just heard, Billy goes on to talk about the number nine and also mentions the significance of ages. Even before thinking about the tarot or numerology or anything else, when a number comes up, there's the important question, what happened to me at that age? So if it's the number nine, what happened to me when I was nine years old, or what happened to me nine years ago? All right, I'll leave you with that to explore any numbers that have come up in your dreams or maybe will come up now that you heard this episode. And now let me play this for you, what I recorded about characters in dreams. I absolutely love this topic. The characters in my dreams are some of my favorite aspects of this whole dream work thing. I'll start by giving you a little intro into research on characters in dreams. I actually don't want to go into a lot of detail about this because I'd rather leave more room for you to explore your own dreams and find your own patterns, but just a little bit of context. There has been research on the tendency of different people to dream of different types of characters more and less frequently. So a few of the things that are watched for are dreaming of male characters, female characters, non-binary characters, or characters whose gender is not identified, and the tendency to dream of more friendly or more aggressive interactions with those characters, and the tendency to have characters who are known to the dreamer in Waking Life, or characters who are unknown There are a few other patterns that have been tracked, but there's statistics on from the original research, I believe, which was in the late 60s on what were the patterns in men's dreams versus women's dreams. And the reason I don't want to go into that too much is because I'm not sure that any kind of norm can really be established in that way. I think there's so much influence on how any individual dreams and so many influences on how you personally dream. But I do find those to be interesting things to track. I tend to dream of people that I know. Almost always my dreams are peopled with characters from my waking life, past or present. When I have a dream that's full of strangers, that really jumps out at me. It It flags the dream for me. It flags the qualities of those strangers as something new and unusual that I'm not normally dreaming about. Maybe qualities of my own or qualities around me that are new and unfamiliar that are coming into my life in some way. So having an idea of how I tend to dream lets me notice when something that disrupts that pattern happens. I rarely have aggressive encounters in my dreams these days but there were times in my life where I had much more frequent aggressive encounters in dreams so that could be interesting too is it because of the way I'm relating to aggression in my life waking life experiences aggression I also see as a form of wood energy so am I letting my wood energy course more freely now and so it's not backed up and uh, rising up in my dreams in the form of aggression there's a lot of ways that I could go with that exploring on my own or we could go with that talking in a dream group but I invite you to start noticing those patterns. A second type of pattern I like to look for is the repetition of either the same character or characters with similar qualities. When a character keeps returning or when characters with similar qualities, let's say over and over a little boy comes back in my dreams, a different little boy every time, but I keep seeing a little boy. There's something about that that it's time for me to pay attention to. And just in this, a very recent podcast episode last month, Nicole Torres was talking about how she's learned that if we don't pay attention, especially to those recurring figures, we will repeat the same mistakes over and over. I would agree with that. And I would also say that if I don't pay attention to these recurring figures, I may be neglecting something within me that really wants to come through. So one example for me, and you may have heard me talk about this before, is I had a series of dreams about a male musician who I know personally but who also has a public persona. So he's a performer and I dreamt about him over and over and over in a lot of different contexts and then my dreams changed and suddenly I was dreaming of a different male musician who also has a public persona and is a performer and a recording artist and I know personally but he has a very different style of music, different way of being and personality and so the switch there from one male musician to another was really a helpful prompting for me of there's something else about this more young quality of musical expression that wants to come through me and it was the differences between those two characters that helped me recognize how my creativity was developing. All right, I also want to share two of my favorite ways To engage with characters so particularly when there's a character who really grabs my attention whether it's because they've been recurring or because they're so significant in the dream that I just had or they're just very compelling as a character one is to try on the feeling of being that character this is often how I will engage with a dream upon waking if I have the time to linger with it is Replay the dream in my mind just as I dreamt it and then notice if there's a character who I want to get to know a little more deeply and then I will dream the dream through their eyes. So this works well for me just on waking because I'm still in a little bit of that hypnagogic or sleepy state and I can reimagine the dream as this other character. See what it's like to walk through the events in their body see what it's like to see myself the dream self through their eyes see what it's like to say what they say and really to move how they move what do i notice what do i feel what happens as this character that can be insightful just that so i invite you to try it i will just tell you about it so you can try it on your own time at your own pace whenever works for you rather than guide you through it but I would encourage you to give it a shot because trying on these other identities is like allowing the energy that's coming forth in the dream to have more life. Because one way of looking at dreams is that everything we dream, every character, every object, every storyline is an aspect of ourselves. It's only me in there in all these different forms. That's not the only lens through which I view dreams, but that is one really wonderful way to look at it because then if I dream of a jaguar, it's the jaguar part of myself and that jaguar energy that right now is suspended on that ledge, what does it feel like to be that jaguar? And it allows me to bring that into my body. In an earlier podcast episode with Katherine Lawson, she talked about a character in her dream who was swimming powerfully at a time that in her waking life she was going through cancer treatment and feeling anything but strong physically. And she shares the story of sinking into that character and feeling the power that he had, particularly in her legs, and anchoring that into her body as a part of the dream work process she uses called Embodied Imagination anchoring that in and being able to keep that, being able to go back to it as a resource, the feeling of being that powerful in her legs. So I sometimes do a similar thing where if there's a character who I really like being, whether or not I liked them in the dream, if there's something I like about being them, if it feels good, if it's a nice change for me or it feels more capable of something or some pain is eased or something like that, you know, then I will remember that and later going about my day or sometimes many days later, I might be in a situation where I'm not sure what to do or where it's just challenging to do what I need to do or I don't know how to address another person and I'll check back with that character. Well, how would this character handle that? And it's a way of getting a mindset shift or just a change in perspective that I feel like I can trust because it's a character who came to me in my dreams, came to me from the depths of me and came to me bringing resources that I have not fully identified with yet. So I invite you to explore that and share what you experience. I would love to hear about it. And lastly, I'll say I referenced this idea that the characters in our dreams are like tracks like footprints of the energies moving through our dreams we can see them as doors like sue scavo described them doors that we can walk through there you know we can see them on the surface like we would see the door but then to walk through it is to explore who is this person to me what are their qualities what time in my life did i know them in what role do they play in the world you know, really walk through that door and see everything that is conveyed just by that one character. We can also look at them like these tracks, right? Especially recurring characters or patterns and characters. There are certain energies moving through our dreams and they're leaving these marks for us. So as we track them, even if it doesn't lead to an aha moment right away, it's a wonderful way to stay on track with our dreams, to keep up with Whatever is happening. And speaking of tracks and tracking, I will add one final thought, which is about animal characters. I love reading about the animals who show up in my dreams, because often I'll dream about a creature I don't know much about consciously, but then I will go and read about them and find all these aha moments. I had a dream about an armadillo once, and then, you know, that was an unfamiliar creature and that was significant to me that I was dreaming about something I don't know very well that in and of itself had meaning for me but when I read about the armadillo and the way that they are armored and the way that they curl up to protect their insides and the fact that they can retain their babies inside for a long time extra now I forget exactly but months so that they can birth their babies at a safe time That was so mind-blowingly cool to me and unusual and striking and related to what I was bringing out into the world at that time. So I've had that experience with the armadillo and with the hummingbird and with the falcon, probably others that are not coming to my mind at this moment, but I would really encourage it if you dream of animals or trees, particular types of trees or flowers, to go and read about them. Because if we open ourselves to the possibility that there is a shared consciousness and that we are interconnected and aware of all the living beings on this planet on this earth body of ours not just what humans know but what we can sense directly from them then when i dream of a peony flower everything that a peony flower is is brought into the picture all right, there was a bit about characters. If anything inspired you or brought up a question, I'm so curious to hear about it, so please do share. I hope all these highlights have offered you something valuable for your own relationship with your dreams. If you want to hear the rest of these members episodes including a discussion on dream incubation and the return of podcast guests Teresa Vasquez and Kezia Vida, And keep up with all the new ones. Consider joining us in the community. Again, you can find all the info at thedreamersden.org. The show notes for this episode are at thedreamersden.org slash 23. That's thedreamersden.org slash 23. And I'll link there to all the other episodes I mentioned if you haven't heard them yet with Billy Ortiz and Nicole Torres, Catherine Lawson, and Sue Scavo. You can also sign up for the workshop, our three-hour mini writing retreat on March 13th at thedreamerstandorg slash writing. I'll be back on the new moon with a conversation with Mary Jo Hyen that touched me so deeply about dream work at end of life in hospice care. Mary Jo has such a beautiful way of being with dreams and just of being with people. I think you'll love our conversation.
1: Until then wishing you deep dreams.